Our second reading is the first, first eight verses from Romans chapter 5. This is the, also the sermon text for today. We are told that by being justified by faith, we have gained access to the grace and glory of God, and that even though we are sinners, God showed us his love for us by dying for us. Our reading from the book of Romans. Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through him, we have also obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand, and we rejoice in hope in the glory of God. Not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance, endurance produces character, and character produces hope. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. For while we were still weak, at the right time Christ died for the ungodly. For one will scarcely die for a righteous person, though perhaps for a good person one would dare even to die. But God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. This is the word of the Lord. Writing to Christians in central Turkey, 20 or 30 years after the resurrection of Jesus, St. Paul wrote these words, Not having seen him, you love him. Not having seen him, you love him. It was written to people in the church. Um, there were all kinds of people in the church. Um, some of them were uh, educated. Most of them were not. Uh, I've talked to you before about Joe Lunchbucket. Do you remember Joe Lunchbucket? That's the men in the street. Uh, someone also called him Joe Sixpack. <laughs> the ordinary guy. There were lots of ordinary guys in the church, people who were slaves and servants or whatever. And he wrote to them and he said, not having seen him, you love him. And behind that was this. I, Peter, saw him. And I love him. And you haven't seen him. And yet, you love him too. Now that's where we are, isn't it? Not having seen him, we love him. Most of us have gone our entire lives knowing the Lord Jesus and believing in the Lord Jesus, and, and we love him. But we haven't seen him. It reminds me of Linus in Peanuts. You remember Linus, the little kid who, who sucks his thumb? And he's got this blanket, and he's got this security blanket. He's got to have those, and Linus believes in the great pumpkin. Right? So that he believes that every, every Halloween, the great pumpkin will come and bring gifts to good boys and girls. And so every Halloween, Linus sits in the, in the pumpkin patch and waits for the great pumpkin to come. And every year, guess what? The, pumpkin, the, the great pumpkin never shows up. Nobody else believes in the great pumpkin. And their unbelief does not change his mind. Now, I don't know if Linus loves the great pumpkin, 
but I know he believes in him, even though he hasn't seen him. And so Peter wrote to those folks so long ago, without having seen him, you love him. And we love him. And we love him because he has done something for us, something wonderful. We say, he saved us. He redeemed us. He gave his life for us. He opened heaven for us. Without having seen him, you love him. And we love him. So I want to talk to you today about this love of God under the theme of access granted. Because St. Saint, Saint Paul wrote to the Roman Christians, which and that church had a lot of Joe six-packs in it too. Therefore, since we are justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have obtained access to this grace in which we stand. Jesus gave us access to the grace to the grace of God. When I was eight or ten years old, I don't remember exactly, living in Brooklyn, New York, one day a lady, a neighbor of ours, locked herself out of her apartment, out of her first floor apartment. So she boosted me through the window. I got access through the window, and then I went and opened the door, and she got access to the apartment because I let her in. She gained access. We know that people give large amounts of money to get access to politicians. Senators, representatives, congressmen, presidents, people give a lot of money to to get access. And we don't have that access because we don't have enough money to give. Access is granted to the people with the money. And how about your computer? Have you ever had a thing pop up where you forget your password? Access denied. And then you have to go and find that piece of paper where all your passwords are written on. Access denied. And here we find out that through Jesus Christ, we have access to the grace of God. I think about this, the Joe Sixpack and this Joe Lunch Bucket crowd in, in the church. They had access to nothing. They were at the bottom of the social pile. They were workers and slaves, and they had nothing. And now they came to believe in Jesus. And they heard that through Jesus Christ, they had access to the grace of God. They had access to the forgiveness of sins. They had access to heaven itself through Jesus Christ. Access granted. That's the message. If you want to get access by your good works, the message is access denied. And if you want to get access because of all the money you give, the message is access denied. And if you want to get access by following some other religion, some other philosophy, some other way of doing business with God, the message is access denied. Because Jesus said, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life, and no one, no one comes to the Father but by me. That may sound harsh, but the church 
freely offers the access to the grace of God by inviting men and women and boys and girls to come to Christ. The fact that so many turn their back on that gracious offer is a shame. And then, whatever way they choose, access is denied. But what we learn here is that because of Jesus Christ, you and I have access to the grace of God. I think I was in my teens back in New York when a, a pastor came to our church one, one time. I don't know what it was about, but he gave this illustration. This is 65 years ago, and I still remember it. He said, when you become a Christian, God gives you a white robe. And when God looks down from heaven, he doesn't see your sins he sees your white robe. Do you remember the line from one of the hymns, dressed in his righteousness alone? Anybody quote the rest of that? Dressed in his righteousness alone, faultless to stand. You got it. Before the throne. Dressed in his righteousness. Not in your righteousness. Dressed in his righteousness alone, faultless to stand before the throne. So as I look across the congregation here, what I see, I see a lot of people in white robes. They can see it back there, can't they? I can see, can you see it? Can you, Janet, you, I know Janet can see it. See, I see people here dressed in these white robes, and they don't deserve them. But it's a gift. We've got access to the grace of God through the gift of Jesus Christ. And so we wear our right robes all the time. Now, what about sin? Well, as I told them at the first service, and you've heard me say this before, when I say something that is kind of not the usual thing you hear in church, I warn you so that you can evaluate what I say, and I told Pastor Carpenter that he may have to unteach this. But for me, it's just wrong to tell people that they're sinners when they're wearing white robes. Now, even the confession in our service this morning, I didn't like it. I'm not a sinner. Neither are you. We are saints who sin. But when you have access to the grace of God, you have peace with God. And sinners don't have peace with God. And when you wear your right robe, you have peace with God. So, so you leave here and you sin. Uh, I, what, what makes me afraid is that people think that when they leave church and they go and, and sin out there, that they have to come back and they have to get, they have to confess their sins so they get their white robes back. That you lose them during the week and you have to claim them again on Sunday. That's crazy. 
You always wear your white robe. You always have access to the grace of God. And our sins, we're ashamed of our sins. I'm ashamed of my sins. But it doesn't take my white robe away. Now the church, the church is so sure, is so sure that you and I are going to leave here and go out and sin that they've put a service of confession in, in the hymn book. They're so sure we're going to need it, they printed it. And nobody ever says, well, nobody has sinned this week, so we don't need the confession. Because that doesn't happen. But we have the confession of sins not to get the white robe back, but to acknowledge that we've fallen short of God. But we still have the white robe. And through Jesus Christ, we have still obtained access to this wonderful grace in which we stand. And that's what St. Paul says in Romans 5. We stand in it. Imagine imagine that there's a, a puddle of grace here. I don't know if that makes any sense or not. But I'm standing in the middle of this puddle. It's a puddle of grace. And wherever I go, wherever you go, you stand in grace all the time. Can you take advantage of God's grace? Of course you can. We're reading today from Romans 5. In Romans 6, Paul is, reminds everybody that there are people in the Roman church who say, you know, if a little forgiveness feels good, a lot of forgiveness feels even better. So let's go out and sin because God is in the forgiveness business. And he'll forgive us. So in Romans 6, Paul says, Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? No, that's crazy. Yes, you can take advantage of grace. I'm not one of those who believes once saved, always saved. I think if your life is such that you spit in the face of the crucified Christ, if you're constantly rebellious, if you don't care about him and the salvation in the cross, I think you can lose what you once had. But you've got to work at it. But you can, you can lose it. But you and I, with all this white robe folks here today, you got it. Wear it well out there. Stand in the grace of God out there. Access. Access granted. When I stand next to a hospital bed, next to someone who knows that, that the journey of life will soon be over, and when I stand there and that person says to me, at least I know where I'm going, That's a sign of someone with the white robe. That's a sign of someone who stands in grace. They know the end is coming, not soon, coming soon, but at least I know where I'm going. And it's said with a confident smile. Wow. Access granted. 
to Joe Lunchbucket, to Joe's six-pack back in the first century, to hear that access granted when you die. That must have been wonderful, wonderful news. And it's still wonderful news today. Amen.